0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to another episode of Talking Halos. I am your host today, Jared Timms, and I am joined alongside Nate Green. Nate, how you doing?
1: Uh, doing alright, Jared. Not too
0: bad. How about you? Not bad. I know we talked a little bit off the record about, you know, what we're gonna chat about here, and we both seem a little unhappy. I just pre-warning you guys here, we are recording this at 11 o'clock at night, um, I know this is going to come out on Friday, but this is Thursday for us right now, so 11 o'clock at night, we may let our emotions get the best of us tonight. I don't know. You know, I'm a pretty calm, level-headed guy, but Nate, on the other hand, I don't know. We'll just kind of have to wait and see. So, as always, I always like to start this podcast, I like to start the show off with a question for you, Nate, and I don't know if you saw the game tonight, because I didn't really. I saw a little bit here and there, but... Do you think that Mike Trout leaned into the pitch that he got hit with? I don't know. Kind of a stupid question to start it off with, but kind of one worth noting. I feel like, right? Um,
1: Yeah, I I don't think he did. I think it was uh, he. I heard him talk to Bregman actually um, in that inning. He said, "I don't pick the ball up here." Well, uh, I thought it was a slider, and so he he was guessing slider when he saw that out of the hand. So. I think that's kind of the natural reaction. If you think the ball's going to cut, he went to go get the baseball and baseball came and got him.
0: Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I mean, knowing Mike Trout and knowing watching him for the past ten years, it's not something he would do. I, I especially not in and I'm gonna air quote this, a meaningless game per se. I mean regular season, not a whole lot on the line, not something that, you know, worth missing games over. Of course, he got pulled out, and we'll talk about that a little bit later in the game, a little bit later in the podcast. Wow! See, eleven o'clock at night, already talking about a game. So, as always, thank you guys so much for listening to this podcast. Means world to us. We appreciate it so very, very much. If you guys could subscribe to this podcast real quick, go follow us on all of our social medias, and as always, guys, give us one second to pay the bills. Some mornings you wake up feeling ready to just pull the covers back over your head and go back to sleep. No judgment of course, but let's make having the most comfortable sheets the reason why. Don't love your sheets? Linen has you covered. They work directly with the manufacturers to make luxury available directly to you without those luxury level markups. And BrickLinen is much more than just sheets. They've got comforters, pillows, towels, even loungewear, and so much more. So go to brooklinen.com and use the promo code BUDS, B-U-D-S, to get 25% off when you spend $100 or more, plus you get free shipping. Check out the description box for more, but that's B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N-E-N.com and enter promo code B-U-D-S, all in capitals, to get $25 off when you spend $100 or more. Plus, you get free shipping. All right, Neda, you ready to talk some baseball? I figured I'd switch it up for you there a little bit. Yeah, of course. All right, let's talk a little bit of Angels baseball. Didn't get to you guys the day before, last game of the Rangers series, and we didn't get to preview the Astros series very much, but we are here to talk a little bit of baseball with you now, and I'm super excited I know that most of you guys are disappointed because Angels have lost the two-pod to the two in a row that we haven't talked about and I believe three in a row. Oh no, they've only lost two in a row, right Nate? Yes. So, Angels losing two in a row, I don't think we're all that upset about anything that happened during the opener against the Astros, correct?
1: No, not not too much.
0: All right. So, I think what we really want to dive into dig really deep into is the final game of the rangers series and the angels looked like they were going to win that series i think they were up four to one three to one heading into the eighth inning where the rangers then decided to put up a four spot in the eighth and a two spot in the ninth if i'm not mistaken off of some of the angels better relievers or still better relievers mike myers i i think was it uh, Steve, Steve Shishak might have pitched, but I believe I don't think he gave up any runs. And then, run Rod yeah. threw, Myers
1: through Watson threw, Guerra through. There,
0: that's what I was thinking of. Uh, was Watson and I? I believe Watson didn't throw it too bad. And then for some reason, I don't know why, and I didn't get to watch post game. Didn't get to do anything post game wise for that game. Just been super busy work and everything. Junior Guerra was in in the ninth inning. For some strange reason of a save situation, and Nate, I don't know if you've heard anything about the reason why, but I, I don't know if you want to enlighten us or if you want to complain about it, because this is this is right up your, your alley right here. It wasn't a save. They were down. They were down going into the ninth?
1: Yeah, they were down 5-3.
0: Okay, well, then that's that's fair. Then I, I, I thought it was safe. See, look, this, is, this is what happens when I don't get to watch games, and it's also 11 o'clock at night, and we're, we're talking about this. But I definitely feel like you have a little bit of complaining to do about this game. And it might – let's just – we'll just kind of recap that game in general. So, Nate, what do you want to complain about first? Because you already talked about Jose Quintana, and I think he pitched decently well against a not very good – Trash. I know. Don't
1: don't be nice. They're they're a bottom five offense. And for him to throw 95 pitches in five innings against that offense and to walk four guys, what are we paying him for? Throw strikes. It's not that hard. You're a professional pitcher. Throw a strike.
0: (laughs) I'm not going to disagree with you there. I, I think that needs to happen. But, at the same time, you weren't this way, I don't think we really got to talk, we, we, you and I didn't really get to talk about Shohei Otani's start with six walks, so I don't think you would have felt that way when Otani was pitching, but I think you just kind of have a little bit of a chip on your shoulder being an, in air quotes, ex-Cubs fan, you got to see a lot of Cubs baseball games, and knowing kind of Joe Madden's system, and kind of, and also Jose Quintana in a sense as well, being a former Cubs, so... I think you just kind of have a little chip on your shoulder when it comes to that side of things. And and I'm okay with it, Nate. I I'm, I am. And I, I don't think Quintana pitched that bad. I think it was a fine start. I'm not going to call it a good start. I think it was a fine start. You know, I'd love, like to see less walks. I think I'd like to see a, some more innings pitched out of him. And I think that, you know, altogether, it, it was a fine start and they could have gotten i I think it's something like I I we were talk I was talking to Brock about it, about Jose Iglesias getting hot excuse me, getting hot and all of a sudden now it seems like he's sitting pretty well. And you know, it's it's kind of the same way with Jose Quintana. I think that this could be a start that kind of gets him gets him rolling in the right direction a little bit. And just my two cents on on Jose Quintana. I, I know you want to close this out with a little bit more slander of of Quintana, but I don't know if I'm gonna let you unless you really want to.
1: Eh, no, it's fine. It's just it's frustrating to, to see. And with the Otani start, Otani start was completely different. Otani um, coming off the blister, he he knew he couldn't throw the fastball and uh because it was it was bothering his blister. So it's a completely different start. You're really just trying to uh, get back in the swing of things. Quintana like he pitches. He doesn't he doesn't play another position. He doesn't hit four days of the week. He pitches only. If you are a professional pitcher, you should have your craft as as best as you can when you're making your start. And I just feel like he has not been not been worth the money.
0: Well, Nate, one year deal. I think
1: we're three, we're three starts into it or four starts into it, I know, I know.
0: Four starts into it. Like you just said, so I give it a let's give it a little more time. Just like the Angels in general, I know they've lost two pretty rough games back to back here uh, against Texas teams, and it's it's been unfortunate. But optimistic, Jared is coming out. The Angels are still nine and eight, still have a fifty one percent chance of making the playoffs. And Nate, let's just try to take a couple positives away from this. I know there's not a whole lot of positives to take away from it, but the Angels are getting healthy, and Anthony Rendon's right around the corner from coming back, Ligaris is right around the corner, Stassi seems to be right around the corner, so much needed depth and much needed starters back. I mean, Anthony Rendon, one of the best players in baseball, that'd be a huge addition to the offense, even though the offense, I don't think, is really lacking that much, and I think, though getting Anthony Rendon back is, is is very big, and I think that's that helps Trout you know, be Trout more, and I guess we can kind of get on to the Trout news. Are, are, are we kind of worried about Trout, do you think, or do we see him in the lineup tomorrow, which is actually today, if you're listening to this? I mean, I don't know. I feel like I'm a little bit worried when it comes to the elbow, like just so many random little things could happen, like bone chip, it could fracture, I mean, it's it's just a scary thing when you get hit right on the elbow like that. I know the elbow guard was there, but I, I don't know, it it, it it always scares me.
1: I'm, I'm not really worried about it. Um, I think Joe saw the score was 7 nothing, and um, he, he knew he didn't have too much pen because he kind of has, has used it uh, as much as he possibly can every time out because our starters love to only go three and a third. Um, so yeah, I think he just kind of read the writing on the wall and was like, hey, let's just take precaution. Uh, get him iced up, make sure there's nothing too severe going on, and we'll just let him rest up and be ready to go tomorrow. So um, I, I, I'm not too worried about it. They said it's a, a contusion, bone bruise, he'll be fine.
0: Well, you know, it always it always just kind of worries me with the elbow and everything like that. And Mike Trout's just not really the same guy when he DHs either, which I'm assuming he'll probably do tomorrow though the Angels don't really have another option in center field. I'm trying to think. Could you really put somebody in center field?
1: Shoveler played center tonight, um, but with the way Otani's been swinging it, I know he didn't have that great of a game tonight, but do you really take him out of the lineup? Mm,
0: that's tough. That That is. I don't know. I, I, I just, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's a tough situation you have you're going to have going on here, and do you sit trout? do you it's still early in the season? We just said it, so I guess it's gonna have to you know we'll we'll see what happens as the news comes out tomorrow. But as tomorrow goes, pitching matchup, Andrew Heaney against Zach Grinky and Heaney comes into the contest. 1-1 one in one with 14.1 innings pitched, accumulating a 0.4 war, according to Fangraphs. He has a 5.65 ERA, which I know is Nate's favorite stat to look at. He also has a 2.81 FIP, a 2.99 XFIP. And, Nate, how excited are you to see Andrew Heaney? <laughs> uh, I don't
1: know. Heaney... Heaney just is very frustrating to me to watch. He, uh, I mean, when we traded for him, uh, we traded Howie Kendrick, a fan favorite back in the day for him, and I think we all thought we were getting an ace, and Heaney has been far from an ace. He's been more of a four or a five. Um, coming off an offensive explosion from Houston, and knowing Houston is more right-handed than left-handed, it could... It could be some trouble for Haney tomorrow. Um, Hopefully he he attacks and throws strikes. I think that's one of the the thing that really frustrates me the most about him, is he doesn't attack. Um, It feels like he's trying to strike everybody out, and that's probably why he he has so many strikeouts, and that's why his war is positive, because pitching war is all about strikeouts. And uh, you know me, I don't really care too much about how many strikeouts we get. all about can you get outs without giving up runs?
0: Well, I also think that ballpark factor has some play to do in with that, but yes, there it, it does have a lot to do with strikeouts. I, I I will agree with you there. And you know, we'll just kind of see how Heaney does. On the other side, Zach Grinke goes for the Houston Astros, two and one on the year and 25.2 innings pitched. He's accumulated a 0.2 fangraphs War has a 2.81 ER. A a 4.33 FIP and a 4.40 X FIP, Nate. A little question for you: Who'd you rather have this year, Andrew Heaney or Zach Greinke?
1: Zach Grinky by far. And I think it's just funny to just even talk about this even more. The the war Heaney's got a better war than uh, than Grinky. and Grinky only has 16 strikeouts and 25 and two thirds, and that would be why the strikeout number is the big thing with war. And I think war I think strikeouts is a sexy stat. like it, it's cool to strike people out. but the name of the game is prevent your opponent from scoring more runs than you. Right?
0: Yeah, 100%. I, I, I agree with you there, you know, and it's all about the swing and miss stuff nowadays. but I, I, I think there's more that goes into it just than strikeouts. I, I, I do think that war, it's just a big
1: part of it, which it I don't think it needs to be a part of it at all. When um, it's nowadays, it is easy to strike hitters out. Everyone's going up there, either trying to hit a bomb or walk, and it's either it's it seems like right now it's strike out, bomb, or walk. So it's not that hard to strike guys out, and I don't I don't think it's that important to strike guys out
0: yes i i i agree with that i i do i think there's this is seeing nate you and i talked about this earlier in the week with new school old school i think that you have to find the middleman when it comes to this and i think that that's a difficult thing to do i i, I really do i mean what at what point it's the question that i've always asked and i ask i ask a lot of coaches this actually too this is one of the first like if I'm ever out scouting and such like that and I see another coach around me i'll i I always ask I'm like hey like in it just like kind of as an not really an icebreaker but kind of like you know you see a guy with velocity and then you see a guy that pitches the contact at what point do you give up velocity to to throw strikes in a sense like at what point like are you looking at it and it's like well this guy has no future because he throws 100 miles an hour but doesn't know where it's going but this guy who's throwing 90 to 92 has great command and has you know okay stuff but gets out you know like at what point do you compromise that
1: yeah and it it feels like nowadays they don't care they'd rather have the guy who throws 100 and doesn't know where it's going that, that's just kind of what it feels like because um velo you can make more mistakes when you throw harder and i think that's kind of what some of these guys have figured out is well if we're gonna make a mistake i think i'd rather make a mistake with a guy who throws 100 than make a mistake with a guy who throws 90
0: yeah no i i, I agree and I was kind of that way. I, 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 when I knew that I wasn't going to strike a lot of guys out, once I figured that out, I became a better pitcher. I became an actual pitcher. And I, I knew I didn't want to strike guys out. I knew I wanted to pitch to contact because I could trust my defense behind me to get outs and I could. I knew that guys weren't going to hit me that hard. I, I didn't throw hard, but I knew guys weren't going to hit me that hard. So, Nate, I have one more topic for us before I, I let us go to bed and let everybody who's listening to this go back to work or do whatever you are doing so, the Atlantic League has come out with some new rules, and at some point, Nate, we had to talk about this, and and I don't know if this was the right time, because it's late, and you can hear it in our voices, we're probably a little bit tired, but I kind of want to break down a couple of these rules. Baseball America put out three rules, I don't, I'm don't. i assuming there's more rules that go into it, but I, I'm not 100% sure. The first rule is the modified designated hitter, and I'm reading this off of... Baseball America's Instagram page, so bear with me. I suck at reading from words. I'm, I'm not a good reader. The DH will be in effect until the starting pitcher has been removed from the game. At that point, relief pitchers will have to hit for themselves or teams will have to pinch hit for them. Nate, yes or no?
1: Um, I think that's actually kind of a funny one because um, I don't see how... The data people like that because, I mean, you saw it in the World Series what Snow went five innings because he can, he he's not supposed to see the lineup three times through. So I, I don't know how they're going to like that. I think it uh, it forces managers to kind of let their pitchers pitch more, uh, their starters go longer. So I I love to see starters go longer. Do I like the rule? No. The one rule that I would love to see with the DH is to have your starting pitcher be the starting pitcher slash DH. So right when he comes out of the game, he is now the DH. That's something that I think should be in effect rather
0: than take away the DH after the starter leaves. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I, I'm, I'm not a huge fan of that. And, and those who don't know about the Atlantic League, it's basically the, the skunk works, the... I, the major leagues test facilities—that's <laughs> the best way to put it. This is where Major League goes and tests all of their new rules, all of the stuff that they want to incorporate, and that's kind of what we're we're breaking down in a bit, uh, a little bit here. So on to the second rule: two-dimensional strike zone. Trackman balls and strikes are back. Baseball America says, but it will be a two-dimensional zone instead of a three D zone used in 2019. And the strike zone will be wider, but not as tall. The zone will be calibrated based off batter's height. Nate, how do we feel about this one? That's...
1: I, I, I don't love it. I mean, I'm not a huge uh, robo-ump when it comes to that. I, I just don't like it. Um, I, I think you got to let umpires... Um, part of the game I mean I, I think Trevor Bauer and guys like that will will take advantage of that thing so quickly that you'll see pitches that will cross through the zone for a strike that end up in the dirt that are unhittable um and, and I think you'll see pitchers find find ways to beat this
0: yeah my my biggest thing here with this I have two big things it eliminates the catcher so at this point there's no point of having good catchers like Max Stasi and defensive minded catchers, even JT Realmuto, though JT Realmuto is a re- pretty good hitter. Those guys don't have jobs anymore because catching doesn't mean anything anymore. You forgot
1: about your boy,
0: Jeff Mathis? I know. Very Jeff Mathis doesn't have a job, though yeah, I that's that's a whole different story. <laughs> And another thing for me here is the way that this is described, and that says that the strike zone moves. Uh-huh. I don't. I, I'm not a fan of that. You can't continue to have the strike zone moving. It needs to be the same. I get up and down, but you can't widen the strike zone. You know, because then you're eliminating home plate. What's the point of having a home plate, right? Yeah. So you're you're changing the rule in a bad way. You you can't. You can't widen the strike zone. You can't you can't do that stuff. So on to the third rule and this the is the one. the worst one by far. And it's it's again hurting pitchers. Moving the mound back. The mound will be pushed back to 61.6 inches instead of 60.6 inches. I don't know how how can you how can you do that? I don't get it. Like what's the point? I I don't get it, Nate.
1: I I almost want to ask people to just at Rob Manfred in a tweet and just tell him to leave the game alone, um, because the things that he's doing are, are just so so frustrating to to watch. Like, why do we need to move the mound back? I think an easier solution would be to um, to make the the baseballs not not easy to throw 110 miles an hour. And that would sacrifice some home runs because the uh, tighter you wind the baseball, the uh, easier it is to throw and the easier it is for the ball to fly. So, yeah, you might have to sacrifice some home runs, but guess what? You you will be able to put the ball in play more.
0: I have a bone to pick with this one. And, I mean, I, I was actually just venting in my head as I was thinking about this, as you were saying, at Rob Manfred, like, everything just, like, clicked in my head. Like, why? <laughs> why is Ma- Rob Manfred being like this? And it could be because i it's, for us right now, 1130 at night, and we're recording this, and I, I'm not a happy camper about it. And why why is Rob Manfred do some of the stuff he does, you know? Like, Major League Baseball needs to stay out of politics. Why are you moving the All-Star game? That's stupid ridiculous uh, you can hear it in my voice i am not happy about rob manford at all you can't move the mound back you can't change the baseballs you can't change baseball in general you need to sh- suspend cheaters wow i am going on a huge rant here i am sorry like unbelievable I, I nate you need to take it away from here i need to cool down for a second i don't i don't even know i
1: i will uh i'll help you out just a little bit um uh, with the all star game just cuz that was something that i i've really Looked into a lot. Um, I, I don't think that was Rob Manfred's fault. I, I know, and you know, I'm I'm the biggest Rob Manfred hater out there. So for me to say this is, is like probably surprising to you. Um, I, I think Rob Manfred had a lot of pressure on him to to do that. And I mean, he still he still has a he's still able to go, golf at Augusta. So. If he really thought that strongly about it, he would have got rid of his membership at Augusta. Um, I, I think he just had too many outside people telling him, hey, you got to move the game. And it was like a lose-lose situation. If he moves the game, he's going to have people pissed. If he doesn't move the game, he's going to have um, a louder group of people pissed. So I, I don't really think that was his fault. But when it comes to rules, Rob Manfred just stop.
0: Stop. Keep politics out of baseball, you know? I know that some of you guys that are listening to this are like, Jared, at the moment, the world we live in right now, politics need to be in baseball. No, politics do not need to be in baseball. Politics do not need to be in sports. I, I'm going to say that right now. Sports are somewhere where you go to get away from everything. You don't go to watch more politics happen. E- anyway, you look at it, whether it's Republican or Democrat, I, I, don't, I don't give a shit. I really don't. Like, it, it's just one of those things. Keep politics out of baseball. Keep, whether you're Republican or Democrat, I I don't care. You know I am, everybody who listens to this knows that I am the last person that talks politics because I don't care enough about them. I think that it, it, politics are the worst. I've been screwed over by politics. Everybody's been screwed over by politics and that's just kind of the way it is. But as far as politics and baseball go, politics and sports in general, keep them out. You know, keep, let, let the people that, you know, wanna step away from the real world and watch watch sports for a couple hours and not have to worry about it, let them do that instead of <laughs> instead of having to worry about politics popping up in sports on a daily basis. It just it just kinda sucks. But yeah, on under the Rob Manfred thing, I mean it, it it's just it's getting starting to get a little out of hand. You know, leave baseball the way it is. I'm yes, I'm a traditionalist. Yes I I do think that there are some things that need to be changed in baseball. But at the same time, some of these things that are being changed, you can't change. <laughs> I, I, I'm sorry, like you can't move the mounds back because then you start putting asterisks in Hall of Fame candidacy. You know, like Mike Trout. Okay, to be fair, Mike Trout facing guys that are hitting that are throwing a foot farther back that can barely hit 100 miles an hour. That are probably now the normal fastballs coming in at 95 to 97 and the ball's breaking yes a little bit more but you have that little bit longer to see the ball. Mike Trout is going to be unbelievable. And I mean if that's the case I'm I'm excited about seeing Mike Trout be even more unbelievable but it's it's not what needs to happen. It's it's not the answer. I'll tell you that much. So Nate, I don't even want to get on to final thoughts. I I I think we're just kind of we're done with this podcast here. Are, are you in agreement with this one?
1: Yeah, we're all good.
0: Alright, good. Guys, thank you so much for listening to this podcast. Please subscribe. Go follow myself on Twitter at Jared underscore Tims. Go follow Nate on Twitter at Nate Green. Nate Green, what is it? Wow, I'm 34. Nate Green 34. I had it in my head and then I thought 94 for a second because that's when we were born. But Nate Green 34. <laughs> Go follow him there. Go follow us on all our social medias. If you want to in- chat about this conversation we just had, feel free. Drop in. Drop into any of our any of our DMs, email us at talkinghalos at gmail.com. We'd be happy to even, heck, have you on the show and talk a little bit of whatever you want to talk about. I'm, I'm more than happy to do that right now. And Guys, as always, thank you so much for listening to this podcast and have a great rest of your day.